we're live. It's on there. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live, as Boost Buffer likes to say. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for a little bit of a step into the unknown when it comes to this channel. My name is Carl Bainbridge, and as you can plainly see there, it's my guest for today, Claire Richardson. You might know him better as the YouTuber Uncle Joy MMA. And I want to say a big thank you to everybody who is tuning in. Um, and also anybody who has been affected by the coronavirus outbreak. It's um, obviously caused people a lot of issues around the world, here in the UK, over in Canada, America, wherever you're tuning in for. So we just want to wish everyone the best of health. And we thought, obviously, we've been affected as much as anyone else when it comes to the outbreak. Obviously, I wanted to get a couple of scripts done, which I haven't been able to do, get the narration oh. done. We get a little bit of static. Hold on, somebody Isn't... set off the fire alarm in my building. Hold on. Ah, good. It's not me. That's what matters. Um. So obviously we've been affected by that. We still mic. want to try and contribute, however we can. So one of the things we decided to do between ourselves is to cover some classic pay-per-views. You know, we've got ourselves some drinks. We can have a bit of chat, answer a few viewer questions as well, and hopefully we can make ourselves a bit of a night of this. So. Me and Claire decided between ourselves. Well, actually, Claire, I'll let you choose the story of why we specifically chose UFC 189. Maybe you should explain it because my fire alarm in my apartment is going off right now. So, would you like Go to ahead. get that sorted? <laughs> Go ahead. Well, you get that sorted. Basically, as you know, this week was supposed to be UFC UFC Fight Night taking place in London, Tyron Woodley against Leon Edwards. Unfortunately, that event didn't take place but we wanted to do something which was quite British centric so we thought when it came to great British MMA moments it was only one thing that came to mind and that was of course UFC 199 Michael Bisping versus Luke Rockhold Bisping becoming only the second man to challenge for a UFC title from the UK and we all know how that result went I guess Claire's finally gone to uh, sort out the Fire alarm. So whilst we wait for him, I'm going to try and answer a few of your questions. Damn, this podcast is that fire. Huh? Thank you very much, Sprite 8D. Um, as I mentioned before, if you have any sort of questions, any sort of comments about the pay-per-view, then please get involved. As mentioned before, this is the first time that we've done this. We're just hoping until when Claire's ready to come back, we will get this started. I've got UFC 199 in the corner there. You know what? This idea of watching... YouTube videos, watching fights as they happen and then talk between ourselves. There should be a prominent YouTuber who should do something like that. Does anybody know anyone who might do that kind of video? Not entirely sure. <laughs> I agree with what Tax Sense there. UFC 38 is a great UK moment. That was Definitely. the Royal Albert Hall. Ian Freeman beating Frank Mir on that card. That was the first British pay-per-view that ever took place. All right, I think I got it figured out. It literally happened at the worst time possible, but <laughs> I'm back. Shall we get this one started uh, then? Yeah, I'm just about to send this out to my subscribers. Hey, everyone. New edit coming by Friday. But today, we'll be doing a live rewatch. It's not cage fighting. We've got a guy here who says he was in the crowd for 199. Uh, Dayush oh, was wow. his coach and he was there to watch him kill Vic. 
<laughs> you know, that's the thing. We're, all, we're only watching the um, main card of this show, but the prelims were absolutely fantastic on 199 mm-hmm. as well. Because the first fight on the entire card was Paulo Reyes and Don Kilma, which is one of the best fights of 2016. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely need to rewatch that. Because that's a great fight, oh, I think, as well. Obviously, we had Vic and uh, Dayush. Uh, Brian Ortega mm-hmm. submitted Clay Guida. Mm-hmm. I think I'm right to say Jessica Andrade fought uh, Penny. That was a straw with debut. Uh, I think so. Might not be 100% sure on that. Are we ready to get this going, then? Uh, yeah, you want to do like a 3-2-1? Three, 3-2-1. Two, three, two, and then we'll get going? 3-2-1, go. Alright, FBI warning. <laughs> That's what I've got as well. I've also got a big error coming up. YouTube is not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming. As such, viewers will experience buffering. Hopefully it's oh, boost buffering. <laughs> I am so bad with puns. Pull up the chat on my phone here. Oh, I think we might need to mute the uh, footage as well because we will be taking off YouTube for that. Oh man, I miss these, not gonna lie. Actually, you know what? I think I might need to get something just to sort this out. So, you keep our viewers company, I will have to um, depart for <laughs> just a little bit. You want me to pause? Alright, I guess I'll continue. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? 199 was absolutely insane. Having been in the crowd, we got spoiled. Definitely, definitely. Left hook Larry. What are you guys' uh, opinion on face to pain? Do you guys miss this at all? I definitely do, in my opinion. I miss face to pain. It would help if I actually brought these. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so we're still picking up the audio, so... There we go. There you go, I've muted it now, so... No worries about um, getting um, cut off now. Hopefully. How are things on your end, Claire? Uh, yeah, everything's good. The stream looks really delayed, though. Like, I'm still looking at my phone. <laughs> yes, oh, the, yeah, uh, it's the stuttering stream a is bit. a little bit delayed, but um, voices yeah, seem to be insane. Bit, I think that's the way we're looking at it from. I think we'll be okay. And if not, then it's something for us to laugh about when it gets to the future. What I will say, though, you know, is you've always got to be wary when it comes to... Uh, doing any sort of live broadcasting because there was a program we have in the UK called the Brit Awards mm-hmm. and um, that's basically our version of the Grammys and what happened okay. was that um, in 1989 it was presented by uh, Sam Fox and Mick Fleetwood it was so okay. bad that the Brit Award organisers said to themselves we can't do live broadcasting anymore 
So ever since then, the Britain Wars has all been pre-recorded. Okay. Oh yeah, the stream is lagging hard, man. It's like frozen. <laughs> um, how are you when it comes to your actual video? I think it's because we've got um, a lot of stuff going right now. I've got Mike Goldberg on yeah, screen. Yeah, I got it up on my phone and on my computer and it's it's still frozen. <laughs> yeah, at the moment I've got Mike Goldberg doing his uh, piece of the camera. He's just introducing Joe right now. What Do you miss Goldberg? Yeah, I do miss Goldberg a little bit. I like him as a personality and there's times where I do feel nostalgic for him. But I... When you see how good John Anik is, you, it's hard to go back to Goldberg. Man, I don't know if we can stream this. It's like the actual live stream itself is like frozen, man. Is anybody else having issues when it comes to um, buffering or streaming? Yeah, it's 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 frozen even on my phone and on my computer. So I don't know if you got the bitrate to do this. Yeah, that's. It's not great. YouTube is not saving enough video to maintain smooth streaming as such viewers will experience buffering. Can anybody pass any comments when it comes to the health of the stream at all? Well, this is Yeah, man, I think we should stop for a little bit and try and figure this out. I think it's because we're, this isn't ideal. Yeah, let's pause for a second. I don't think this is going to work. So we just hit pause and That's just something. hopefully we get going again? Well, I don't know. I don't know if your uh, internet can handle all this. Hmm. Yeah, it was yeah it's like dead frozen. It was a moment to set off the video. That's what I fear. That's unfortunate. Maybe I could set this up. I don't know, because I got good internet. We could give it a try. Yeah. i tell you what we're going to do, lads. We're just going to go on pause for a little bit. Hopefully, we can get this sorted out. Okay? Yeah, definitely pause this stream. It's paused right now. Yeah, it was working a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, it's and the then moment it just the video away. shit itself. Yeah, it's it's a video. It's trying to do the video on the stream together. It's um, darn it. It's below average at best. Shit. Below average at best. Darn it. Yeah, I think it's unless I. I tell you what, I... uh, this is, stop talking about it, just go stop talking about it, so shall we just do it? Well, your voices like... are for the most part fine. Yeah, our, vo our voices are fine, but the video is literally frozen, both of our Skype cameras are frozen, which is unfortunate. So if we want to do it, we should probably turn off the videos, webcams, but I don't know. I say we just go for it. If you want. 
So what I'm going to do, I'm going to... How about we do this? We turn off our cameras, and then we just do audio only, because people say the audio's working fine. We'll, we'll go for it. I'm going to make an executive decision. Okay, and we're back. Hopefully right. this will um, have sorted out any of the issues that we might have had. Um, at the moment, we're still going through the rundown of the card, and I've just been horrified by the sight of Dustin Povier with the skinhead. <laughs> and we're getting the rules of the octagon, and I don't know about you, I always get a bit perplexed when it comes to the rules of the octagon, the fact that they need to keep reminding people what happens. Where are we on the card? We haven't got to the main fight yet. We're still doing the rundown, Jesse93Z. We should probably tell them what time you're at. Yes, um, at I, the moment, the time for the video is we're at about 8 minutes 10 seconds. Oh, okay. Although I, I, I'm fairly certain this is a shortened down version of the card because um, normally they have all the sponsorship and all the betting odds, etc. We're just getting the run down here with Dustin Poirier and Bobby Green. Dustin Poirier, the number 11 seed. Now that's a guy who's made such dramatic leaps in terms of his career. And I think we might have lost Clay. Oh. <laughs> I'm just guard. You think if you were called Bobby Green, you would choose a better nickname than the King? I always think the King's just a yes, very generic definitely. name. Yeah, we're at nine minutes, and well, it's delayed, man. Like our stream's delayed, so when we tell them we're at like nine minutes, we're gonna probably be at like ten minutes already. So. Yeah, well, as I mentioned before, this is the first time that we've done this, and if it doesn't go well, then we can have a bit of a laugh about it, but I think we're going to need to tweak some things if we want to try and do this next time. Uh, Dustin versus Green almost. Uh, yeah, we're nearly there. We're actually getting the promo now in. If you think Bisping can beat Rockhold, you're wrong. Dude's going to get subbed again. You know what? I've got that same feeling, you know. I tell you what, Dustin mm -hmm. Poirier versus Paul... Is that Paul Felder on this run up here? Uh, I believe so. Now that's a fight I'd love to see again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Alright, I'm gonna... I'm gonna turn off my webcam just for a second and see if that helps the stream. Okay, then. Yeah, it's helped a little bit. I'm getting a little bit of a clearer picture when it comes to... Uh, yeah, yeah, this is working much better. I think it's the fact I've got... Okay, let's... I think I've got Skype. Let's just do that, then. You're going to be audio only. Yeah, just for now, just until we figure this out. Well, there you go, Claire. Taking one for the team, I like it. <laughs> well, as long as it helps the stream, I don't mind. I'll, I'll tweet it out. Yeah. Now that we got it working properly. Did you ever watch um, the first Rockle versus Bisping fight? Uh, yeah, I did a... I made a Bisping video and I included that fight. Good fight. It was, you could tell the Rockhold was a step above Bisping, though. Mm-hmm. Like, Bisping, for a long time, he was that sort of gatekeeper of middleweight. 
I mean, if you wanted to be seen as a legitimate contender, you had to go through him. Like, Derek Brunson's sort of that guy now. I'd say it takes a brave man to get a forehead tattoo like Bobby Green has. <laughs> I've, n I've never been big on that, whether it's in fighters or in personal life, because the, the one that always sticks in my mind is... Um, what was the name of the Brazilian girl who had the tattoos all over her face? Oh, um... Frota. That name's slipping my mind. I think it was Sarah Frota. But it's just like, you can maybe get away with that being a professional fighter, but could you imagine working in an office place with tattoos all the way down your face? <laughs> yeah, that'd be really bad. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah, trying our best at 11.50 on the pay-per-view. So Bobby Green has just stepped inside the octagon. I think that's the big issue when it comes to um, Mike Goldberg. Because it's just it's the over-reliance on generic catchphrases. He didn't seem to really mm. evolve as mm -hmm. a commentator. He just seemed to say the same things. It was like... You know, you know one of those sort of like automated things where you just press a button and it comes out with the same stock catchphrase all the time? <laughs> yes, yes. It's a perfect way to describe Mike Goldberg. Are you watching the feed right now? Because there's a security guard right behind Dustin Poirier and I was fairly certain it was Baz Rutten. I don't think that's Baz No, it's not Baz Rutten. It does look a bit like him though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm going to, um, yeah, it's gone off on your end, so I'm just going to take off the NDI source, so that's not showing up. So, you are just an empty space right now. Yeah, so I think if I need to do this again, then we'll need to, um, we'll need to, I'll need to get more bandwidth. But yeah, the stream's working much, much I wouldn't say it's clearer now, but it's um, it's a little bit better. Death Grips is an amazing band. I hate to say it, I've never seen them. <laughs> hey pussy, thanks for the content. Yeah, it's we've got eight core current viewers. Um, I tell you what we're gonna do. If we're a good way to try and pass the time, we've um, we've got ourselves a couple of viewers questions when it comes to uh, the fight card it's, when it comes to this. I actually wanted to do a live Q&A which in hindsight would have probably been a better thing but um, I did get myself a couple of questions from the when I wanted to do a live Q&A so I'll just see if I can get those up for you on my YouTube channel right now. Uh, we're just getting the tail of the tape there Bobby Green versus Dustin Poirier Good ear people currently watching and Buffer is announcing that we are live. That's a very normally compared to his normal suits, that's actually a bit down-tuned by Buffer's standards. Like normally he's in the proper like purple fluorescent Lame stuff. I do love Buffer though. I'm just just getting the uh, videos here. 
Oh, she's classer. Yes. Have you ever heard uh, Helwani's um, YouTube show? Yeah, she, he got uh, her to do it. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that Ariel does very well, is that people criticise Ariel's um, presenting style, say he's not critical enough to be a journalist, but by not stepping on anyone's toes, that's how he gets all the good interviews. Because he's not upsetting anyone. Okay, we're ready to go, and we are underway in the first fight. So, just trying to get the countdown here as soon as I stop buffering. Yeah, 4.55, 4.54, and we're underway with the first fight. Uh, first question we've got here is from King Zach. He actually sent in five of us. Um, I'm going to start off with this one. It's a bit of a funny one. The hottest MMA chick... Yes, I do, yes. They're very prominent on Instagram. I, I think in a way she's a bit... She, I think she's a bit too perfect for her own good. Like it's still like the blonde hair, blue eyes, and it's, it's a bit generic. The thing that really hurt me when it came to Paige Van Zandt is... Um, someone compared it. Did you ever play the Donkey Kong Country games? Someone compared it to Dixie Kong. And it just completely ruined Paige Van Zandt for me. Yeah, it also didn't help. Oh. Yeah, Bobby just dropped him there. And Bobby is still on wobbly legs. I tell you what, that's one thing I um, I do like about the modern UFC though is when the Reebok first did the fight kits and they were just black and white, it just looks so boring. Yes. Someone though noticed a trend when it came to someone's a real geek. One of my friends is a real geek when it comes to stuff like this. He noticed that there's a trend whenever they did a new version of the fight kits. Um, they say that the first champion is an interim title in Conor McGregor's weight class and then the first proper title change is a female all caught him then Bobby Green is in big trouble Dustin just going for these big uppercuts all the time Just caught him again. Bobby's up against the fence here. Tell you what, did you ever think that Dustin would... I mean, you look at a performance like this and you think, yeah, Dustin has a lot of potential, but then he just seemed to come from nowhere. It was like the Johnson fight happened. People just thought, oh, this lightweight experiment's not going to work. And then that really went on. He's dropped him. And it's done for. Two minutes, eight seconds... Dustin Poirier wins in round one. But just getting back to the question, if I had to choose my favourite, um, I'd probably say Pearl Gonzalez. Very 
very nice. Bit infamous as well because we all remember the um, the uh, UFC 210 incident. But what happened was that she was supposed to fight Calvillo on the main card. But then they pulled her from it because she admitted she had breast implants. And the State Athletic Commission used the boxing rules. And their boxing rules say that if you've got breast implants, you can't fight in New York. The big issue with that being that Misha Tate fought at 205. And I think we can all make assumptions about Misha Tate. I'm fairly certain Misha's had work done. But again, I don't know for gospel, they might all be natural, but I think when you look at the before and afters. Mm, um, oh, we got. I think Ioana's maybe reached that sort of stage in her career where she's starting to think about her life outside the sport. I mean, she's like 32 years old, wants to start a family. I completely understand if it makes her happy, go ahead, but I don't know, I, I thought Joanna was a bit better than that. Uh, she, had to, uh, she had to get hers taken out, didn't she? Uh, West Stan here says, you two have to be the biggest fucking dogs ever. Fun, you watch MMA and I assume some other sport. Yeah, it doesn't look like you two have ever done a single push-up or squat in your lives. Fucking pathetic. Well, I'm happy to say I um, I do go to the gym. Um, I'm more of a cardio-based man. But, you know what? Hey, that's my life. I'm actually going to go for a, um, a good run uh, tomorrow. Obviously, all the gyms are closed where I am, but we've got loads of hills, loads of fields around our end. <laughs> yes. Um, gentleman called Wes Stan. So, where's your YouTube famous for now? Thank you very much. Just uh, checking out some of the other comments here. Um, what's your day job? Well, I work in the exciting world of teachers' pensions. Basically, teacher passes, passes away, we work out how much the next kid's entitled to. It's um, not a glamorous job, but somebody has to do it. I earn a good living from it, and by day I do stuff like this. Hopefully, this is going to be the dream job. I would love to do something like this for a living. How much would you say you earn on an average? We've got the uh, we've got the walk-ins in here. Luke Rockle looking very got a bit of a swagger going on there. I mean that's what probably the big story about this pay-per-view is. I wouldn't say it was so much the Bisping beat Rockle. Rockle beat himself. And that, like Michael Bisping just came in there, just thought, you know what, I've got nothing to lose. Ten days notice, I'll never fight for a title anyway, might as well just give it a go. 
And you know what? And I know it was, it was either Triple X, he did a, there was another film about a, an old British boxer, and he played one of the antagonists in that, so it might have been that, but I think it was, oh, Dan Henderson versus Hector Lombard. Now this is a good fight. I remember this being an epic fight. How are things on your end? It's not the best. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's a couple of frame rate issues which um, haven't played a part. So I think I'll maybe try and get those sorted out for next time. Yes, like I mentioned before, this is the first time we did this. We wanted to try and do something different for the sake of obviously everyone who wanted to be watching the fight right night now and couldn't. Tell you what, you just look at these highlight reels of Lombard and just think, what happened? Like I know I I included him in the you saw the downfalls video, but I don't think it was just that. You know, I just think he just seemed a bit weary. Just wasn't as willing to pull the trigger as he maybe used to be. How muscular. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> A guy just commented here, head movement, head movement. Rockle does not move his head enough off that centre line. But the thing was, people didn't know that at the time. Like, it's it's become popular to criticise Luke Rockhold. But, I mean, you look at the tear that guy was on. I remember... I remember Branch causing him a few problems early on in that fight. Uh, a couple of more comments here. Um, nice easy one from Cartoon Box. Toast or heated bread? Yes. I think it's toast as well. Just for the record, this guy has cow and chicken on his avatar. So who else have we got here? We've got another question here from MMA Elite who says, The Schmore or Ariel? He's a lot more legitimate than the Schmore. But what I actually do like the Schmore though because 
I know there's a lot of people who can't really take to his character, but I think that's part of the reason why he's been so successful. Because you have somebody who's a bit goofy, a bit off, people don't take him as seriously so they can open up a bit more. Because I remember watching him when he did an interview with um, Edmund, and I think he probably got more out of Edmund than anyone else. I mean, Edmund was, you know, we know what Edmund's like, but I think compared to Edmund's normal sort of stereotype, I think he came across much better. I think maybe just focusing on uh, Edmund because of the head movement comment that no comment posted. How does a man like Dan Henderson look like that at 46 years old? Uh, we've got a timestamp update here. We are 28 minutes and 18 seconds into the fight card. So it's flown by already. It was. And again, we're going to be cutting out a lot of the fluff as well. So, um, all those like cutaways to the um, cutaways to the crowd, all that sort of stuff, those are all being cut out now. So, we should be getting through this a little bit quicker than normal. And plus, as well, we have well, we have two first round finishes, one second round finish, and two fights to go to distance. I remember this fight being so good. I hope it holds up to. Remembering of it. God, Lombard. Lombard was a four to one, four to one on favorite. Mine's three sixty favorite. I think. But I mean, and Dan was coming off a loss to. I'm tempted to say Vito. So no shame in losing the Vito. So I think they gave Hendo less of a chance than what maybe he should have done because he's always got that power what were the odds for the Bisping fight the second one And I'll... So people thought that um, Lombard had more chance of winning than Bisping. <laughs> and here we go, round one, we are underway. Uh, 454, 453, 452, 451. Dan knocked him out cold though, yes, but that was a very green Michael Bisping um, fighting Dan Henderson in his prime. Whereas this was a 45-year-old, very stiff Dan Henderson who had one weapon. I mean, a hell of a weapon, mind you, but... I mean, even in this fight, you can just look at the way the Hendo's fighting. Everything revolves around that right hand. 
I have to say, since we turn off the stream, it is a lot better from your end. But yeah, normally, like, I remember when I saw Lombard when he was in, when he's in his first UFC run, when he was fighting the guys like Marquardt and Shields, just so much more pressure. He seemed, he seemed fearless. And I think ever since USADA came in, he just, just had that lack of willingness to pull the trigger. Oh! I wonder if it might work if I start watching it on my iPad. My issue is that I don't, um, don't want to risk throwing things off to try and set that up. Your comic art is on point. Thank you very much. I hate to say that it wasn't my work. I managed to find it off the internet, but I always... Thank you very much. Um, it's... I don't know why I always sort of went for a comic book sort of thing, because I always use those filters at the start of the video to try and get that sort of comic book image. And I mean, it looks, does look a bit hawky, but I don't have as much of the equipment in the way the pros do. So yes, I think one of the things we'll need to do next time we do this is to lower the free... Oh! Hendo dropped him. Oh! Did you see that judo roll? They went Lombard, rocked Hendo there, just proper judo roll to get into side control. I mean, honestly, sometimes there's nothing better than watching high-level judo. When, when judo's done right in MMA, it can look so beautiful. And now we've got Lombard here in Crucifix. Dan is so durable though. I mean, even later on in his career, I think Vito's, I'm right in saying Vito was the only person to finish him with strikes. But mind you, TRT Vito was an animal. Hendo back to his feet. Oh. Oh, he's got dropped again. God, Hendo's so durable. Dan Henderson has a hell ball. Correct, he does. We will, we will see an example of that later on. Big overhand. Hendo clinches up. And we're on the ground. Full mount. Just getting back to some of the other comments here. Um, what if Hoist Gracie never won UFC 1 back in 1993? Well, Helio has actually said this. He said that part of the reason he entered Hoist was because he wanted the smallest, weakest member of the family to win to prove how good Jiu-Jitsu is. So, if we start with UFC 1, let's say Jimison knocks him out in the first round and just connects with that big punch. I think Ken would just wrestle Jimison to the ground straight away. And I fancy Ken to beat Gordo as well. So I think Ken wins UFC 1. But Helio has actually said that if Hoist did fail, they would just send Hickson. And I can imagine Hickson, Hickson blowing through the UFC 2 competition. 
But it's interesting, you know, you actually watch back to UFC 2. Obviously, you had all the specialists. It was still very much specialists in their own field. But even guys like Patrick Smith, who was a kickboxer by trade, he started learning grappling. So he was learning how to do, like, guillotines and uh, standing chokes, all that sort of thing. So he'd even started prepping for for mixed martial arts and inverted commas right from that stage. God, you forget how wobbly Lombard was. And then just big overhand from Lombard and then dance the one on the back foot. I seem to remember Lombard being closer to winning the fight than that though. I thought it was genuinely a case of Herb was just about to st step in. How are things going on your end, Claire? Yeah, we've got four co-current viewers now, so... It is it. I don't think this is working out as well as what I was... Maybe it was just me. Maybe it's just the hopes I had that I was just expecting this bevy of people all saying, oh, thank you for doing this, but... No. I guess it's... It's the bitrate issues, yeah. Analytics. Yeah, we started with about 24 viewers and we're down to 6 now. Yeah, I... I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pause this. I'm going to be back in. So, we're at 4.55 of the second round in between Henderson and Lombard. So... Let's see if I'm watching this on the iPod will make things better. Yes, let's not report that. Fight library up. There we go, fight library. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's just uh, too much bit rate, I got too much going on.
Okay, and we're back. Hopefully, this will be working a lot better. Is that better for you? Yeah. I've got the, uh, well, I've got the stream on my um, laptop right now, so... So at the moment we're 425, 424, 423, 422 in the second round, Henderson versus Lombard. Yeah, we're not getting any worry, we're not getting any uh, complaints about the stream, so it's a little bit better now. So thank you for the four, uh, five people who are still watching. We do have to apologise for anybody who has been having any sort of issues, but hopefully this has got it sorted. I made the mistake of trying to stream a bit too much, so I've got it on a smaller screen right now. So if you're just joining us, Hector Lombard, I think, comfortably won round one, came close to finishing Dan Henderson on a number of occasions. Now we've just got a bit of a stalemate going on. Hendo's still locking that right hand. What about you? What do you think would have happened if... Oh! Oh! That has to be up there as one of the most brutal knockouts of all time. Clear? Well, it's, it's the history. I, I say there was three reasons why they gave Hendo that title shot. Number one, I think they knew it was going to be Hendo's last fight. So giving him the shot was a bit of a thank you for your career situation. Two, it builds on the Bisping versus Hendo rivalry. Rematches always sell themselves. Especially when the challenger won the first fight. Mm, that's right on the side of the head. And a few follow-up elbows to boot. That's the one thing I never liked about Dan Henderson. He just didn't... The follow-up strikes. Always been the big thing I've never liked about him. And you know, when we watched this for the first time, we were genuinely worried for Lombard. And yeah, and then, of course, there's the conspiracy theory that you've got a Brit fighting in Manchester trying to defend the title. Um, you want to give him an easier opponent to keep the home fans happy? Why watch this when you can watch the fights on YouTube? Well, we wanted to... Ch you can watch the fights on YouTube, but the way I look at it is we wanted to try and do something for people. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people right now who are going to be locked in their homes. There's supposed to be a fight card right now which they're not going to be able to watch. So let's just watch something nostalgic. Let's watch a classic fight from years gone by and see how it goes. What about you, Claire? As I mentioned before, I do... Tell you what, do you want to try maybe getting you back on screen now that we've lowered the frame rate a bit? I'm going to try that, yes. So... And yeah, I catch your footwear. There you go, you're back on there. Let's see if I can get you back onto OBS. And the sauce, there you are. And there you go, back on screen. How's this looking for everyone? This stream's a bit delayed, so we're gonna have to wait a bit. Yeah, frame rate's still looking very good though. We just got Hendo on his interview there. Um, 
Joe Rogan, who hasn't seemed to age in like a good decade or so, does seem a bit leaner though these days. Mm-hmm. I think he's been on, well, he's been mentioned before, he's been on that um, carnivore diet. Have you seen that picture of his stomach? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like him and him, Dana White, and Matt Sura as well, they all have the, the same sort of physique. They're both like muscular and fat at the same time. <laughs> like Dana's ridiculous. Dana, Dana's physique, considering his age, is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just noticed after the first time I actually saw the Lombard shake hands with Hendo, because I didn't notice that first time around. So we were we were worried that we just wanted to. We googled Hector Lombard to see if he was still okay. Um, obviously, because here in the UK we get the shows at about three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I guess I don't need to sock anymore if I'm on camera. No. <laughs> don't want people to get... Just do that so you don't hear my breathing. <laughs> we don't want people to get the wrong idea over the sock either. <laughs> Just something I use as like a makeshift pop filter. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works. It works. <laughs> All right, I'll tweet this out since it's working now. Yes. It's uh, much better now. Hey guys, new edit coming by Friday. Tell you what, since this is the edited version of 199, do you think we'll see the promo for 200? Oh yeah, we probably will. Cause that was the uh, that was when they announced uh, Brock's return. I believe that's what got Ariel Hawani like sacked from uh ufc credentials because he leaked the info started crying about was, it yeah that was a big controversy like i was thinking before i asked this on um reddit you know and it says what sort of fighter would be a brock sort of comeback for ufc um 300 Sorry, what'd you say? Like, if they... Like, like Brock's appearance of UFC 200 was sort of like a one-off. Like, it's like a big name, like, coming back for just a one-off fight for a landmark show. And I was sort of thinking, who would be comparable if they did it for UFC 300? Hmm. Like, could you imagine if they run the promo and they just fade to back and then you just hear, I don't give a damn about my reputation. <laughs> oh, no, man. I don't think she's ever coming no, back, man. No, she's so much happier away from the sport. Mm-hmm. I don't think she'd ever put herself through that again. Because I was, I was listening to the interview she did with Megan Levy, and, yeah, I mean, to an extent, it was a fluff piece. It was, hey, he's Ronda, look how great Ronda is. But the one thing that really stuck out for me was when she said... I think Megan asked her what was the big difference between MMA and pro wrestling, and she was saying with pro wrestling, you could put in all the time, all the hard work. Um, oh, is that a plane? It's an passing? airplane. I was going to say. You could say with, close my window. with pro wrestling, when you put in all that hard work, you know you're going to get a good product at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with MMA, 
You could train for ages, you can work hard for ages, but you might not get a satisfying result. Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good point. But no, she just seems so much happier now. I think she's actually doing um she's doing um Facebook streaming now. She's a, a gaming streamer. <laughs> Quite funny actually. She's um a lot Rhonda gets a lot of criticism for her talking, but I think she's got a lot of charisma. She's a goof. Oh yeah. She's got some personality. Uh, Max Holloway versus Ricardo Lamas. This is the fight that basically earned uh, Max the uh, title shot. Well, no, he was going to fight Anthony Pettis, and then he got the shot against Holloway, so it's to get the interim title shot. I don't like okay. interim belts. Yeah, I don't like them either. The only time I think they're worthwhile is where there's genuine doubts over whether the champion's going to defend. Mm-hmm. So, I think, so when Frank Mir has his motorbike accident, that's worth it. For the longest time, I thought uh, Cain Velasquez was the one that got into a motorcycle accident. Because of how long I he was out I think my brother told me that. He told me that. He tried to explain how he lost in Mexico to Verdum, and he said it was because of a motorcycle accident. So I, I don't know why he told me that. <laughs> no, Cain lost to Mexico because his cardio was shot. Yeah. But it, I don't think it was as much... People always blame the humidity. But if you watch that fight, mm-hmm. Verdum worked that body so well. He was as big a factor in Cain's cardio going to part as anyone else. Mm-hmm. Is the stream still looking good on your end? Yeah, it's much smoother oh, now. So it's perfect. Better. So we do want to apologize for anybody. I had it on a great big massive 32-inch telly in the corner, uh, which I think was a big factor. But I've got it onto much smaller device. There you go. And um, it's going much smoother. At the moment, Ricardo Lamas is getting prepped. The prepping corner will probably be sponsored these day and age. Yeah, it's perfect right yeah. now. When do you think we're going to get all this sorted? So, I've, I mean, Dan has still got his heart set on Tony versus Khabib happening scheduled day. When do you genuinely think we're going to be hosting cards again? I remember I saw somebody say they probably won't see any more fights until the end of the year, but I don't think it'll be that, it long. Be that long. I think I'm hearing that I'm... a lot of the first countries affected are starting to... I wouldn't say it's starting to get back to normal, but there's a significant drop-off in the amount of cases they're reporting. Yeah, the only one that's really, really affected right now is Italy. Like, they're they're in shambles right now. I don't know what's going on in Italy. I don't think the Italian healthcare system is as good as it is over in the UK and the US. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's a big spike in the amount of American um, cases happening. They're saying if they're not careful, they're going to be uh, taking over from Italy. Okay. Scary stuff. Yeah, it's pretty scary. At the moment, we have had an average watch time of about 42 seconds. Uh, (laughs) Our chat rate is naught. We're getting quite a few playbacks, though, so that's a little bit better. Stream health, yeah. 
yeah, we haven't had a um, an error for a good 16 minutes, so the stream status is good. So we know where our issue went wrong first time. So big thank you. Yeah, maybe if you like just stop it and then start the stream again. Nah, I think I, I think once we started, we'll have to pretty much finish now. Yeah, let's just continue. Yeah, let's just persevere. Keep calm and carry on. I mean, that's what we're going to have to do during this whole coronavirus thing, so might as well go for it. Max Holloway versus Ricardo Lamas. What do you remember about this one? Uh, the ending, pretty much. <laughs> I remember it being a fairly comfortable win for Max. 24 years old. 24 years old. Wow. It's still... It feels like it's been around for years. <coughs> And yet Lamas is, is Lamas even in the rankings now? I believe he's fighting Ryan Hall next. I love Ryan Hall. I mean, I know mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that don't like him, but I love guys who are, I love unique fighters. Love. Mm -hmm. So I've always been a big lover of guys like Damian Meyer, Stephen Thompson, etc., who, dare I say, are sort of like specialists fighting in mixed martial arts. Yeah, that's a good example, or a good point. But what people forget about Ryan Hall is, obviously, you look at your jiu-jitsu game. His distance striking is fantastic. Did you see him drop Elkins? Yeah. Definitely better than Askin's striking, that's for sure. Yeah. And you know what, I feel... I didn't even think Askin's striking was that bad against Damian Miley. I think he was, he was winning, piecing him up he was a little bit. stand-up exchange. Mm-hmm. Surprising. I feel so bad for him as well, though, because, I mean, here we have a guy who is, if you ask any sort of pro in the sport, they speak very highly of Ben Askren. But mm -hmm. all people remember is, ha-ha, knocked out five seconds by Masvidal. <laughs> and I think that's so unfair. And, I mean, he has some good wins on his record. Yeah, he definitely does. Like his his run in one, that was incredible. What was it like Shinyu Aoki? Um, I think I might say he beat Douglas Lima as well, didn't he? I think so. And you so. look at what Lima's doing in the welterweight division right now. Yeah. So we're into the third fight. It's the first round: four thirty-seven, four thirty-six, four thirty-five, four thirty-four. Lima's opening up with a couple of um, quick kicks. But Max looks so big at that weight class, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks huge. He's a guy who... You know what? I think he was... Oh, Lama's already covering up there. He... I think he had his heart set on maybe moving to lightweight at some point. But I think what happened against Dustin has sort of... Spooked him a bit. Yeah. Do you have any questions? Are there any big talking points that you want to bring up when it comes to... Uh, do you miss those uh, pay-per-view intros where they, with that music, that gladiator music, and then they interview the fighters a little bit? Do you, do you miss that at all? I do and I don't. I miss it from a nostalgic perspective, but I think the, the Von Perlman intros just seem so much more professional. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's all like it's it's a bit like Mike Goldberg actually. Mike Goldberg's another guy I love from a nostalgic perspective, but you compare him to what the current product has. There's just been such a substantial improvement. What I think they should do is because I know they still make them like uh, they show them in the arena when you're watching a pay per view. They they still make them. So what I think they should do is they should just upload them to YouTube. Yes, that'd be a good idea. I've noticed they've stopped. Um, they've started tweaking the um, the actual main O. Max was teeing off my mama's there. I believe. Hey, I- what's going on? H twelve. H twelve. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoying the stream. It's just us for now. We did have a lot of tech issues early on. I was trying to stream it a bit above my bandwidth, but we've got that sorted now. I've got it on the iPad. Uh, thank you very much. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. Um, Kendall Berryman did post a comment. Unfortunately, that's been removed. He was mentioning that he felt that Askins UFC tenure had issues with um, his hip problem. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember him mentioning that. I have a question. Why did they dub over some walkout songs in old cards on Fight Pass? Basically, the reason's copyright. Uh, they would have to pay yeah. a truckload of money to all the musicians to use their footage. Um, so if they were to use that on Fight Pass all the time, they would have to keep churning it out every single time. Um, mm-hmm. But, so they dub it over. They just have some generic in-house stuff. and <laughs> Yeah. Which does sound very jarring. So, like, you can obviously tell where uh, you uh, Blur is supposed to be. And instead, they got some sort of generic rap song. Good example of that is, I think, John Jones. He's coming out to Biggie Smalls or something. And they just put over some, like, royalty-free royalty music. is pretty funny. They still included Goldberg's commentary, though. <laughs> and you can sort of just hear it in the background. Yeah. Yeah, um, Kendall Berryman's saying here, I think Askren's hip injury affected his UFC career. I'm not saying he would have made him a champion, but he looks super immobile and stiff. Mm-hmm. I think Askren always had quite a stiff striking style, but I think the Maya fight made it very evident. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Lama's trying to go for a takedown here. Tell you what, I cannot remember the last time I've seen Max Holloway get taken down. Because that's how I thought Volkanovski was going to win. That's the thing I'm most proud of. You know, I, I make predictions for the preview shows all the time, you know. Most of them mm-hmm. get my mass downvote, which I'll probably go into in a little bit more detail later on. But one of the predictions I was most proud of was saying that Volkanovski was going to win. Oh! Max just caught him with Holy. a spinning kick there. God, Max is vicious. But no, one of the big... Because I think when I ran the poll on um, on the YouTube channel, I think most people were saying like 80% Holloway to win. But I said, there's just something about Volkanovski. I think it's going to be a stylistic nightmare for Max. And he, he didn't beat him in the way that I thought he would, but he got the job done and a lot of people didn't. So will they dub over the recent walkout songs during the next update? For example, for USC 247, because USC 229 and what have been dubbed over. What do I do is find the original walkout video online and have it playing on another tab, then sync the walkout <laughs> with the Fight Pass video. A lot of dedication. I personally wouldn't do that, because I'm not as 
it's not as big of an issue as, as it is for other people. Yeah, I don't mind it. No, I think it only is an issue when there's somebody who's like really synonymous with a certain walkout music. So like if they dub over like mm-hmm. Connor. They dub over uh, Darren Till walking out to Sweet Caroline or something. That's one of the best walkouts of all time. Yeah, there's no way they could dub that over. Because <laughs> the whole crowd, you'd have to dub the crowd as well. <laughs> and you know how, because I think the reason he chose Sweet Caroline was because like over in the UK, that's sort of like a song synonymous with boxing. So they always mm-hmm. play that before like a big main event. I wasn't sure whether or not how well that was going to translate to the American audiences, but then you read about like, I think it's Chicago. They play like Sweet Caroline all the time when they score a home run. Oh, wow, okay. What's your big quirk over in, in Canada? Like our song? Like Yeah, <laughs> like, like Sweet Caroline, just uh, for whatever reason, is just a great sort of British song. It's like on the karaoke's all the time. The only one that comes to my mind is probably, you know, the Summer of 69, that song. You listen to any AOR station in the UK. Summer 69 is always on. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much... That's the only Canadian song I can really think of that everybody really knows here. Walkout to Legendary. What do you lot think of GSP's Gee Walkout? With French rap. <laughs> well, I, GSP was a little bit before my time, but what I do agree with is I would love to see that sort of personality when it comes to the walkouts. Obviously, Reebok put a... A stunt on that but mm-hmm. I would like to see a bit more personality but at the same time I like the cleanness of like, the fight kits and I know that's a, I, I, I know there's a lot of issues when it comes to obviously like fighter pay etc but I think I lost my train of thought there but no when you have a guy with like condom depot or dube wipes written across their ass it doesn't come across like the most professional sport in the world. Yeah, Condom Depot. That one was my favorite. I'd say there have been some Brian Adams tombs. Uh, Brian Adams is a very underrated musician. I mean, I know he's, he's a bit of a mum rocker, but Summer of 69, great song. Uh, Heaven, Can't Stop This Thing We Started. Fantastic tracks. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, Max looks so good in this fight. Lamas just hasn't been able to get anything going. Oh! Catching with some oh. good shots there. Askren looks sloppy. He did. It wasn't nice to see Ben Askren in... Oh! Lamas caught him on the counter there. God, I forgot how good the fight this was. People only remember the last 10 seconds. <laughs> how do you think Prime Askren would have done in the UFC? Let's say before the hip issues. Um, I don't know if he would have been champion. It's hard to really talk about it after what happened, but... Oh, wow, that's a nice head and arm joke. Uh, I probably could have seen him being, like, a top three guy, but I don't know about being a champion. Like, what do we, what do we mean, like, during, like, the GSP era? That's the issue, because... I think Askren had the opportunity to go to the UFC around, sort of, um, 2012-2013, so he would have been right in that, sort of, GSP, sort of Johnny Hendricks, either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. 
would have been interesting to see Johnny Hendricks versus Askren, that's for sure. I think Hendricks would Hendricks had much superior striking. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I mean you pre- might have been similar to a John Fitch fight. Yes, maybe not as clean a knockout. Brutal. <laughs> well, you know what? The John Fitch fight, I always think that's quite an interesting one because, you know what? Steve Mazzagatti gets so much grief as a referee, quite rightly so. Mm-hmm. But what a stoppage during the, um, during the Fitch-Hendricks fight because he like, dives right over before yeah. Hendricks can land any sort of big punches. So the proper full-on barrel roll and Fitch starts wrestling him as to say like, what happened. We're about to you at the moment. I'm at 42 seconds into the second round. Yeah, I'm around the same time as yeah, you. Yeah, Max has got him in back mount. Oh. Re-make a choke. Lama's turning. Lama's gets out of it. Max is underrated as a grappler, you know. Can you remember when he came close mm-hmm. to submitting Brian Ortega? Yeah. Tell you what, that's a hell of a fight. Yeah, he hasn't seen Ortega since. I know he's had a lot of ish injuries, but how much of how much of Brian's layoff do you think is sort of like this the fallout from the Max fight? Uh, I think it has a little bit to do with it, but it just all, all depends on how a fighter just deals with a loss, you know. I don't think it's sort of mentally broken, but I think sometimes it does. Someone said something, you know, which was. Sometimes the best thing that can happen to a fighter is to lose early. Because that way you know how to handle it when it matters the most. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been Chris who said that. Just reading some of the comments wow. here. Um, I like some of the Reebok trunks, but the shirts, the shoes are meh. Um, Askren can take shot. Um, where can I watch this for free? Um, I'm afraid to say you're going to have to watch it on Fight Pass, but in my personal opinion, I think it's, it's Fight Pass is a worthwhile investment. Because, I mean, you are getting every single UFC fight card, Strike Force, Pride, Elite XC. I saw UFC 231 live. What about you, Claire? Um, like in person? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I saw UFC Halifax in person. That that's about that it. That was Dirk Lewis, Travis Brown. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Hendricks versus Lombard in the co-main event. That was J- Hendricks's last UFC win. It was yes, and I believe his, because then he fought Tim Borch. He looked so undersized mm-hmm. in that fight. And then they put him against Paulo Costa, which was the ultimate punishment fight. Yeah, I remember looking at that fight before it happened, and I looked at Paulo Costa's record, and I was like, why the hell is Johnny Hendricks taking this fight? <laughs> I mean, given the circumstances, Hendricks did as good as he could do. Mm-hmm. He was trying to make something happen. It was a it was a bit like Randy versus Brock. Like Randy was so undersized in that fight, but every everything that Randy could do to try and make that competitive he was doing um, you're also getting a question will here from he... H12 who says will the UFC keep coming to Toronto regardless of any Torontonian named talents I notice you often put Max on Toronto cards 
That's a good point, actually. Yes. Because there isn't, there isn't a flagship Canadian star with GSP retired, Rory McDonald going to... He's at PFL now, isn't he? Yeah, Rory's in PFL. Tell what a lot of... What, Felicia Spencer? After UFC 250, Felicia Spencer defending a featherweight title. Oh, yeah. Felicia, that's definitely probably best fighter right now. Yeah, Felicia... Yes, I think she would be, actually. Best Canadian fighter in the UFC, Felicia Spencer. Mm-hmm. UFC Fight Pass, from what it sounds like, is worth it while you're a diehard. I think so. It's a, it's a big investment if you're a casual fan. But I think if you are a diehard, you love watching all the old school cards. Because I might say you what you use Fight Pass to collect a lot of your footage, don't you, Claire? Yeah, everything that you see on my videos, that's from Fight Pass. It's a worthwhile investment if you're, if, yeah, definitely if you're in the editing industry, yeah. Saves a lot of time. Because before I would have to download like torrents of everything, and sometimes I wouldn't even be able to download some stuff. So it's definitely helpful in that regard. Talking about Felicia Spencer, you know, it makes me realize something. Obviously, all the focus is on UFC 249, trying to get that card sorted. But we could be looking at a situation where I think 250 is likely to go as well. Mm -hmm. I could possibly see... 251 possibly could happen because it's in Australia and I think Asia's starting to see the worst of, worst of it. And this is a great this fight. This is a great fight. I forgot how good a fight this was. Yeah, to answer your question, H12, I don't see USC ever stopping in Toronto. Like That's pretty much the biggest town they got in Canada, so could definitely see them coming back. I've noticed they've started doing a lot of the the smaller uh, regions when it comes to Canada? Because I think Monk... Yeah, I think they're doing a Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan. card. I was going to say it, so there's a really awkwardly named one. Thank you for saying it, not me. <laughs> it must be said, knowing Felicia is the best we have, as great as she is, her stand-up is not the best. True. Mm -hmm. But we were talking about this on one of the podcasts, actually, about her and Nunes. I actually think that fight could be... a tad more competitive than people think it is simply because of how durable Felicia Spencer is yeah definitely I could see Felicia employing a ground game in that fight better than JDR did yeah and well Jermaine's not a grappler I mean that's that was fairly evident in yeah. the first fight but god Max is hit Max is getting caught with a Man, lot it's of a great shots. Fight. this is a great oh. fight At the moment, we've got 10 co-current viewers and 13 likes, so... Thoughts of Nganu versus Lewis rematch? I want to see it. Also, does INC completely avoid copyright infringements due to the comic book filters put on fight clips? That's for you, brother. Answer that. Yes, well, in terms of the... Well, coming up to the final 15 seconds, I'll, I'll wait until we've actually watched this bit, because this is amazing. This. Yes, yes. 10 seconds, points down, let's just go for it. <laughs> and they go full on Fry Takiyama. <laughs> I love the nod. I love the nod for Max. Yeah, I'm liking this. Pretty strange that Lamas agreed to that when he's pretty much losing the fight. Could have been knocked out there. Well, I think that's why he did it. He had nothing to lose. Max was the one... Because yeah. that's what... Uh, zombie did, wasn't it? 
Uh, yeah. Zombie was one who engaged so. it, and then he ended up getting knocked out. Mm-hmm. No one has answered the question. What I found with the copyright thing is different companies have different rules. I know that, say, Formula One, for example, uh, a very sort of zero tolerance when it comes to using their footage. That's sort of been mellowed out in recent years. But no, what I've done is I always try and keep the clips that I use. Um, I put my own audio over the top of them. So that doesn't really track track the algorithm. And when I do use actual clips, I try and keep them as short as I can. When you're getting over to about 15, 20 seconds, that's when the algorithm says, hey, this isn't your footage, get lost. Yeah, my answer to that question is I basically, I go nuts with the filters. Like, I pretty much solved the uh, UFC takedown problem. Like All my new videos I've employed with those filters, they're still up. So I can honestly say I think I fixed it. <laughs> like I think I figured it out. Uh, and in terms of Lewis versus Ngannou, I actually think that fight could be a lot better this time around. Mm-hmm. I think the first fight was a real perfect storm of um, Lewis having his back issues, Francis being gun-shy after the steep here loss. So I think that fight could be a lot better if it happened again. I actually think the first fight, mm-hmm. you know, is actually worth re-watching, not because it's a great fight, but because Joe Rogan just goes so berserk. I mean, he mm-hmm. absolutely does lose his temper by the end of that. Just get more and more angry. He censored the pay-per-view. Like, what was the... He came up with some comment. I think... Um, I think uh, Dominic Cruz says, what happens if this fight goes to a decision? And Joe says, can they both lose? <laughs> yeah. I'd love to answer that one, H12, but I don't want anything that can get my videos taken off. Are there any sort of Oh, fights? I think the streams. Any... The stream shitting out again. What's this? Oh, wait, never mind. It's oh, good. good. It's just lagging a little bit it's there. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> but yeah, I can answer your question, H12. Yeah, everything I record is off of Fight Pass. Yeah, at the moment, 14 likes, 11 core current viewers. So 11 people in the world are watching two nerds talking about fighting. <laughs> I do hope you lot can continue making money off these videos. If you saw MMA on point got a media pass, it'd be great to have more channels as credentialized media. I totally agree. I've actually been in contact with um, some of the guys from um, MMA on point. They were big helps in actually getting this sorted out. God, now there's some names in the bantamweight rankings you'll never see these days. Brian Caraway, Michael McDonald. <laughs> wow. Wow. Michael McDonald even fight anymore? I think he retired. I remember him fighting. Didn't he fight Burrell for the title? That might have been. Oh, who was that? I forget. I think it was Eddie something. Eddie Wineland. Eddie something. That was when he did the spin. Yeah, Eddie kick. Wineland. Yeah. I love how they put only fights to beat Dominic Cruz. I always love rematches, you know, where they have this 
they they play the rematch angle as a way to justify the shot. Because I remember they did that with uh, Carmouche and Valentina. Mm-hmm. Like obviously they were needing a fight for the uh, Uruguay card, and um, they're just doing a promo here for Cruz versus Faber Free. Um, and basically, the only reason Carmouche got that title shot was because she got like the flukiest win against Shevchenko on the regional scene. Yeah, I believe it was like a cut or something. I looked it up and it was like a weird ending to the fight. It said like retirement or something on Sure Dog, so I, I don't know. Well, that fight, there's no footage of that fight on yeah. YouTube. They've, and I yeah, mean, everyone no went for anywhere. a real hunt to try and find anything to do with that fight. But from what Valentina said, she dropped Carmouche like, quite early on in that fight. And. As she went in, Carmouche threw an upkick and cut her right over her right eye. Yeah, yeah. And, like, actually, if you look at Valentina now, you can still see that scar where she got upkicked, but the referee waved it off. Just getting the promo here. Faber was a guy, still, actually, Faber just seems, is another guy like Hindu, it just seems to defy age. Is Faber officially retired now? I think he's... He says he'll only... He's not retired. But he'll only fight for the right kind of fights. So it'll be like California Fight Night core mains. Do you know what I think he's going to do? This is my conspiracy theory. His last fight will be a Fight Night headliner in California. And he'll face a returning TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> I guarantee that's what they'll do. Faber versus Dillashaw. That'll be a, an amazing fight. I think TJ wins that one. Even mm-hmm. with the long way off. Long way off? Long lay off. <laughs> this is where we would be here in California love right now. Instead, we've got some generic rap music. That has to be up there as one of the best war <laughs> songs, isn't it? That music... <laughs> Uh, I hope it's not discouraging to have a few, well. cha- a few viewers currently. Well. I find this is a great opportunity to collect information and answers as there's some questions only MMA nerds can answer. Top man, thank you very much. But no, I've been speaking to MMA on point and I have to say big thank you to uh, Jason because he was a big factor in getting all this stuff sorted out for the uh, live stream. So I do want to say a big thank you because he talked me through everything that needs to be done and I'd like to think we got ourselves after a few teething problems, we got ourselves a pretty solid product. Yeah, we fixed it a lot quicker than I thought. I thought this would be a failure to be honest. I was expecting like full on Fox versus Fleetwood stuff, but we've mm-hmm. Tell you what, consider have you just spotted Mike Beltran in the background all this time? I don't think he's refereed uh, a fight uh, yet on this card. So. Maybe he was on the prelims? He did. He was on Reyes versus Dong Chul Ma. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would love to get credentials myself. I was hoping to get in touch with a couple of regional companies up in the Northeast and say, hey, if you need somebody to interview fighters or even some stuff for the YouTube channel, to just say, hey, I'm, I could do more than just funny videos. I'm your man. Unfortunately, the world imploded on itself.
like I was thinking about this fight, like I think most people here thought that it was going to be a comfortable win for Cruz. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think, like, with Joe Rogan, John Anik, DC, etc., if you've got a mismatched title fight, should it be their job to sort of ignore the obvious and try and hype up a fight and say, hey, the underdog does have a chance, they've got this going for them? Or should they just call a spade a spade and just say they're going to get their asses kicked? <laughs> I feel like maybe they should um, sort of do what you did with uh, Jessica I. That's the thing I'm most proud of um, when it comes to the preview shows. The fact that I was able to sell Jessica Rye as a realistic title contender. <laughs> but like, like you re-watch that fight, you know, and you just listen to Joe's commentary. Joe sounds bored. It's just like, yeah, yeah Shevchenko's going to win. Let's just see how she does it and when it happens. Like, she just made no effort to try and hype that fight. Man, this is so strange with that music. And then there's other times. Um, I seem to remember him calling Bechko Hera like this champion kickboxer. Yeah. Cage <laughs> uh, Warriors and Bammer. Um, I don't think Bammer were going anymore. Uh, Bammer actually got taken out, bought out by Bellator. So you see that they do, really? they do those Bellator Europe cards. And those are the old Bammer cards. So okay. what you basically got is Bama fighters under the Bellator name, and they'll have one or two notable fights. Man, this music does not fit this walkout. No, whatsoever. Do you think we're going to see Dominic Cruz back? Honestly, I don't think so. I, actually, I say that, you know. I really don't think I so. Think I think Corey Sag, Sandhagen's trying to get a fight, fight with him. I believe, like I saw last night, you said uh, Cruz isn't interested in fighting in San Diego anymore, so he has a different opponent. So. I'm trying to think of that one. <laughs> Garbrandt? Yeah, I could see that being Garbrandt. Cody, Maybe a Sun Sao? Cody was supposed to fight a Sun Sao, and then that fight fell through and they went in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Might be a Sun Sao. He might be fighting a Sun Sao then. He's one of those guys, you know, I'm, just, I'm never excited by a Sun Tzu. Yeah. I mean, that sounds awful, Same but here. there's just some guys who you just, <laughs> you're just not interested in fighting. You recognize that they're good fighters. It's like, it's like I, I respect what John Fitch does, but that doesn't mean I enjoy watching him. UFC Bantamweight Champion 12 fight winning streak defeated Uriah Faber at UFC 132. Am I the only one who thinks we've um, we've been doing we've been seeing a lot more rematches recently? Yes. I uh, just got a comment from H12 here. Joe's been doing a lackluster job in commentary. He's expressed how he's a, how he's bored and only does local pay per views. I get the UFC wouldn't be the same without him, but it gets annoying. I want to see someone come out to the original UFC walkout music. I do as well. I would love to see that. Because that's the music I use on the INC videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that, 37 years old. And he still dresses like an 18-year-old. Yeah, I just don't see Cruz coming back. 
I don't think he needs to either. He's got himself a good job in the broadcasting side of things. Mm-hmm. I think he's better. He's better in the booth, in my opinion, than he is as a commentator. I think you've got to have that air of sort of swagger, that air of charisma. I think he's very mm-hmm. technical, but he's not. You've got to have personality. I think DC is fantastic. Yeah, I really like uh, DC, Joe Rogan, and John yes. Anik. I think that's perfect. That's really perfect. Someone did a uh, one of those internet memes, and they said that um, Joe Rogan was Bubba Ray Dudley, DC was <laughs> Devon, and uh, John Anik was Spike Dudley. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. What I think that what I think works so well is that. Like DC and Rogan obviously get on very well. They bounce off one another. They could be quite funny. Um, mm-hmm. And it allows Anik to just sort of stick to the the basic play-by-play stuff. Because you sort of had Goldberg having to do both roles, having to be sort of like the jokey, jovial, fun-time guy, but still try and be a serious commentator. And I don't think mm-hmm. Goldberg was the best at doing both. 4-1 favorite Dominic Cruz. It's crazy. Someone said, how do you think Hassan Sal versus Masvidal 2 would go? They fought? Yeah, I think they fought on the regional scene. So like one of those open weight fights when they were in... Um... Yeah, I was about to say, like they're completely different divisions. I thought that guy was just trolling when he said that. I was like, what? I think it was that Icon Sport promotion. They do a one where they, they oh, held it on okay. the beaches. Okay. No, it wasn't Icon Sport. It was... Oh... There was, there was a bet and comes to Bulldog. God, I really didn't realise how short Faber was until I saw that stare off there. You know what? I I completely don't know anything. I can't remember anything about uh, Cruz versus Faber 3. I think Faber gets a takedown in round one. And that's the only thing I remember. Yeah, I don't remember much of the fight, but I remember after the fight, mostly because of the post-fight press conference that they had with Rockle versus Bisping too, and you can see Faber's face is so messed up. Like he looks like he just got like, literally like, gang beat or something. Like he looks in rough shape. I seem to remember. That's all I. Remember. I do seem to remember <laughs> my mom having a bit of a crush on Uriah Faber. <laughs> Sorry, Mom, if you're listening to this, I apologize. Oh, take down. Faber tries to scramble. Just opening my window. Hold on. I have to say the brightness in my room is a lot better than it was when we did the test run yesterday. Like, trying to think what other rematches, you know, if the random fight back now would just be complete mismatches. But you know, in some ways, you know, I actually do want to see those sort of mismatch rematches because as long as... I find with a lot of situations, as long as you have those losses on your record, especially if they're in the UFC, people will still hold those against you. I mean, how many people still bring up Stipe losing Struve? Mm-hmm. And people... I remember DC brought that up a lot. And nobody will, in my opinion, give Stipe the credit until he gets that win back, even though you know mm-hmm. that he would demolish Struve. But the strange thing is, if you watch that fight, you know, like we always comment that Struve doesn't have a jab. 
Strills looked fantastic in that fight. That wasn't a fluke win. He deserved to win that fight. You want to do a timestamp update? Yes, yes, I will. Uh, oh, what a scramble. Now 310, 39. I'm on 3-5, 3-4, 3-3. And we're in the first round, Cruz versus Faber. Yes, a good example there. Michael Johnson versus Tony Ferguson too. Well, actually on the subject, you know, Michael Johnson versus Dustin Poirier. Michael Johnson versus Edson Barboza. <laughs> Joe Duffy versus Conor McGregor too. <laughs> Be a definite squash match. And you know, like, you watch that fight, you know, Joe, that was an easy oh, one wow. for Joe Duffy. Just took him down straight away. Connor just has zero grappling, especially back in those days. You know what I can't get my head around, but, you know, is that we're seeing these fantastic scrambles here from the Bantamweights. And uh, I think the casual fans on the whole are quite supportive of the Bantamweights. But then you... Oh, angle lock! Angle lock submission! <laughs> um... Like, people, I think, are quite tolerant of the bantamweight, yet you drop mm -hmm. another 10 pounds, and they people hate the flyweight. And, I mean, like, I watched Benavides versus Figueredo. I mean, that was only, what, two rounds long. What a good fight. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember I did a video, I think it was before Cejudo versus Dillashaw, and a lot of people were thinking that was going to be, like, the last flyweight fight. And then, so I did 10 greatest flyweight fights and I was thinking, hey, here's an opportunity to remind people and say, hey, this division is actually very good. And yeah, that got about a pittance of views. So it just sort of backed up the idea that no one cared about wow. the flyweights. Rai is doing, is doing better than I remember. Oh, I seem to remember him doing a good first, having a good first round, but Cruz sort of takes over in two through to five. I'm sure he gets a takedown in the first round. So many airplanes around me. Right now. I live quite near an airport. What's INC... I live near a small airport. What's INC's take on keeping the flyweight? I'm very happy they are. Um, because personally, I like the grappling side of the sport. And you look at some of the scrambles and some of the wrestling that these flyweights can have. Like Benavidez versus Dustin Ortiz, fantastic wrestling match, or Smolka versus Hulahan, which is great for jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's good to oh. see that in the UFC. Uh, I think as well, I think they've seen a guy in Davison who I wouldn't say he's like going to be a big super draw, but I can see him being a casual friendly champion because he's got an aggressive fighting style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, you're right, Charlie Triple Z. We are dorks. And proud of it. <laughs> Although I I am I do realise one of the big issues when it comes to the camera, which is because I'm having to look down to see my uh, laptop to cover the fights, all you can see is my receding hairline. I mean yeah, I'm gonna right read and going, which isn't very good. Yeah, we've got 17 likes so far, 12 co-current viewers, um, and I'm expecting a lot of negativity. But as I mentioned before, we did this as a thank you. Obviously, we've been affected by everything that's been happening around the world. There should be a fight card right now. 
Uh, so instead we're going to get them. This card's a classic, so underrated. I totally agree, 20 times Man United fan. That's actually a question for you. How are you feeling about uh, Liverpool potentially winning the league? There's that takedown, I remember. Favour scoring. Um, well, I'm a Newcastle fan, so I can't really pass any comment when it comes to Liverpool winning the league. <laughs> I have actually heard, though, they've said that if the FA Cup can't get going, Newcastle will win the FA Cup because we've scored the most goals in the competition of the eight teams remaining. Yeah, I think I read that. And considering Newcastle haven't won something since 1969, I think if we win a trophy by default, we'll take it. Your big sports, I'm going to assume it's hockey around your end. Uh, yeah, probably hockey. Do you have a team? <clears throat> I don't really watch, but uh, normally I watch... If I, vi I visit my father in North Carolina, sometimes I'll... Oh, oh my goodness! Him. Normally, I watch the Carolina Hurricanes. I was wondering what are R but, INC's growth strategies on YouTube, and I love the hairline. Don't worry, I've seen far worse. Thank you very much. Um, in terms of growth <laughs> strategies, I found Reddit to be a big help because I think with Reddit, they're quite tolerant about people sharing their own content, um, and I think the key thing as well is perseverance getting content out there as quickly as you can. Um, and some ways as well, controversy helps. Because one of the first videos I did was the five greatest one-hit wonders. And I did choose quite a clickbaity title, which was somewhat intentional. But what I found mainly was I got a truckload of Holly Holm fans uh, complaining about the yeah. choices on that video. But all that controversy attracted people and they watched the video it's a bit 50 50 in terms of the likes and dislikes but people were interested in the product and then i followed up with um boxers who tried mma very casual friendly and it just all snowballed from there um just reading some of the comments i'll take another season of europa league football if the scouts don't win the league i quite like the europa league i mean it's not the champions league by any means but you're talking to a man who supports a team who are closer to being in the championship than we are the Champions League. So take it as you can. It's European football. It's a chance to get into the Champions League. So I'd be more than happy with that. You don't really do a promotion and relegation around your sort of sports, do you? Sort of more of a franchise-based. Franchise yeah, not really. Just pulling up the chart on my phone here. Cruz's footwork is fantastic, you know. Very elusive style. I can see why some people find it quite frustrating. Mm hmm But it just makes you wonder. It makes you realise how good Cody Garbrandt's performance was. Yeah, it was incredible. I genuinely thought when I saw that fight, this guy is going to be... This guy's going to be the next megastar. This guy's going to be Bantamweight Connor. Because mm -hmm. he had the looks, he had the charisma, he had the fighting style. But TJ just had his number. And I think from that point on, people found the weakness and kept exploiting it. 
AMA is on uh, Reddit are very popular. I'm an avid user and think we would enjoy it. Oh, I would love to have an, an MMA on Reddit if anybody can get me that sort of um, sort of privilege. I'd love to have that. I'm actually on Reddit myself. Um, you can see my hashtag there, uh, Carl10589. That's what I'm under. Um, I'm also on Sherdog under the name Edmunds Accountant. <laughs> Although I don't think that one's aged all that well because that was when Edmund had real financial problems. So it's sort of a play on that. Yeah. What do you think Cody Garbrandt needs to do to get... Can he get back up there? Or do you think that weakness in his game will always get exploited? I think he could get back up there if he has a right game plan. But I don't know. He just always seems to go into that just crazy style when he gets hurt. Because I genuinely thought when he fought Pedro Munoz, I thought they've just done this as a gimme fight. This is here purely mm-hmm. to set up uh, Garbrandt so he can get himself another high-profile easy win. The guy was genuinely sort of, whoa, when Munoz dropped him. Because I've always known him to be quite pillow-fisted. Just going to go to the bathroom real quick, if you don't mind. That's fine. Uh, Joe has his guests go to the bathroom every single opportunity. Maybe you should get yourself some weed. Back in like five minutes. I'll be watching the chat on the phone. Yeah. Well, so we're just coming to the end of round two. We're just seeing the replays here, and Dominic Cruz is starting to keep, take control of this fight. That was a good overhand. And again, Cruz is somebody who's not known for his power either, which makes that fantastic. And a good up kick as well from Faber just in response. Is it even possible for Cody to repair his chin? Um... I don't think it's his chin which gets cracked. I just think he keeps putting himself in situations where he's vulnerable. But then again, you could argue how many times was his chin truly tested before the Dillashaw fight. And not all that many, has to be said. Um, I think we will see Cody Garban get back to it. Whether I can see him challenging for a title, I don't know. But he is that sort of guy who... He could get himself a string of first-round knockouts... And because of that fighting style, he gets more opportunities than maybe he deserves. I, because I think, I think meritocracy is meaningless when it comes to modern mixed martial arts. The UFC are giving title shots to anyone and everyone when they see fit. And we've seen that with Romero recently. We've seen that with uh, Jose Aldo. He was supposed to be fighting at UFC 250. I mean, the amount of times that Holly Holmes got undeserved title shots, so... I could certainly see him tell what Faber is getting pieced up in this fight. Polo Reyes versus Polo Reyes versus Marvel's a war. Darius Keo and Vic. Ortega, Dustin and Max going on to become the big stars. The end of Cruz versus Faber and of course Bisping and Luke. And that's why we chose 199. We wanted a we wanted an entertaining fight card, but we also wanted a card which was um also had a lot of British significance because this was supposed to be the London card. So we wanted something which is quite British-centric. Cody versus Cruz was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Absolutely amazing performance. I totally agree. What we're going to do for the next one, I think we've determined this one to be a success. We've obviously worked out a few teething problems. Um, so next time, we're actually going to put it to a vote. We've got four choices lined up. 
for our next fight card. Um, we're actually going to put it to a poll. The shortlist we're going to be we're going to be choosing an old Francis Ngannou fight, which will be UFC 218 where he faced Overeem, uh, Jarzinho Royce and Strike and Alistair Overeem. So if you're an Overeem fan, I do apologise for that. We're going to be watching. We could choose to watch that fight card. Another one is the last fight card to take place in uh, Columbus, Ohio, which was UFC 96. And also Matt Brown versus Eric Silva. Of course, an Ohio native, notable fight for his. So it'll be one of those four which we'll be watching and we'll be putting that to a public vote. And that's the one we hopefully will be watching next Saturday. Yes, and Hendo murdered Lombard. One of the most brutal knockouts for a good long time. We were worried for uh, Lombard in that fight. Are you back for us, Claire? Yeah, I think Claire is still in the lavatory, as we like to call it over here in the UK. At the moment, we've got ourselves nine coherent viewers. Uh, two people in the hall are chatting. And at the moment, we are at 2 minutes 30 seconds in the third round. Cruz versus Faber. Dominic Cruz looking fairly comfortable. Oh, caught him again. And again, I just think this is... Faber's trying to do the right things, but I just think this is the younger, fresher fighter. Just getting the better of him. Which is ironic, considering just how... How long Dominic Cruz has been out the sport. And to be fair, I think Faber, Faber wasn't doing too badly against uh, Petty Yarn in the first round. But the second round started and we started to see that gulf in quality between himself and a young new generation of bantamweight. Personally, it was my opinion. I would have done Cejudo versus Petty Yarn. But I think money talks. And I think they went for the... They went for the fighter who was going to make them more money for the Brazilian market, and that's Jose Aldo. Personally, I don't like it, but I'm not a businessman. I tell you what we are seeing, though. We are seeing a much improvement in terms... I mean, we were down to about four people when we had a proper... proper issues with the broadband service. But we got those sorted. Now I've got it on the iPad. I like to think things are going okay right now. Any sort of comments you have in terms of the channel, in terms of the way it looks, production values, etc., please point those out to me because, as mentioned before, it's the first time we've done this. We're certainly trying to enjoy ourselves. I think we're not natural conversationalists in the way that sort of Joe Rogan is. I mean, Joe would have Brendan Sharp and um, uh, Joey Diaz would be uh, in there, Brian Callan, Eddie Bravo. We don't really have that sort of eccentric, wild characters in my circle of friends, I'm afraid. And certainly we couldn't invite them over here or else we'd all die of coronavirus. Gotta go now. All the best for the channel this year, pal. Thank you very much 20 times. Uh, certainly have a good day and hopefully you'll be back next week when we'll be talking. I have to say, Claire, right now we're down to um, about 10 people and zero people on the conversation. And I'm back. You are back. Uh, at the moment, we're 10 seconds into round number three, and Dominic Cruz is starting to take control. The golf and quality between the two is starting to show. Mm -hmm. Faber was sort of oh, damn. Oh, a bit of a push there. Now, I don't remember that. Nope. I don't know why I always love it when you see um, Goldberg and Rogan actually 
commentating, but you actually see them in the crowd doing it. Mm-hmm. Look at that towel they got. Like <laughs> by his head. <laughs> Never seen that, be that before. What's your strangest corner advice moment? That might be a good one for a video. I don't know about advice, but like in terms of this corner being strange, probably in Ganu versus Stipe when they were putting the towels. the towels on him instead of instead of ice or water, like it's completely opposite of what you're supposed to do. <laughs> uh, Donald Newhouse says, I don't know if you've gone over this already. What do you think about a potential Valentina versus Zhang fight? Um, well, personally, I think it could be a interesting fight if it happens because I think Whaley is such mm -hmm. a good all-rounder. Um, that I think she can cause Valentina issues on the feet, on the ground. But I think what was very evident in the Ioana fight was Whaley is very hittable. And I think Ioana mm -hmm. exploited that a lot. But Ioana's durability was what made that so competitive, which I think took a lot of people by surprise. But I look at the gulf between Shevchenko and Ioana in their first fight. And I think Valentina's distance management would be too good for Whaley to get over. I mean, Whaley would be trying her best to get into the pocket, but I don't think Valentina will give her that chance. But I don't want to see that fight happen yet. I've personally been... I, I, don't, yeah. I don't personally like super fights. Um, but I think if they're ever going to do it, you need about five or six defences and you need to clean out sort of the top five in your division. If you do that, then you can talk about a super fight. Yeah, I definitely don't see that fight happening this year. I could see it happening if Whaley goes on a tear and she just pretty much clears out of her division but not this year i don't no. see that happening anytime soon because i mean given the choice i would love to see like if we did whaley versus rose or whaley versus tatiana suarez those would be more intriguing fights to me and to be honest from mm -hmm. valentina's perspective i know valentina is in a weaker division but i i have more respect for a champion who cleans out their division instead of just jumping to try and get the second mm -hmm. belt. So I'll just read some of the comments here. Um, this screams great. Carl, you're doing a great job and a great speaker. Claire does seem a little distracted though in comparison, shaking my head. It's because I'm on my phone. <laughs> I'm looking at the chat on my phone, dude. <laughs> the other day I saw Nick scolding Nate for raising his hands while walking to his stool in his fight against Jim Miller. Don't raise your hands. You can do that when you win. Mm -hmm. My favorite bit of corner advice, it's hopefully going to be one if people choose this fight uh, for us to watch next week, uh, was Aspen Ladd against Kunitskaya. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, it's... I think it's one apiece going into the final round. And Aspen's coach, and I'm tempted to say it to her boyfriend as well, the proper gets out of yeah. it says, Aspen, just get in her face, make it dirty, she's not going to like it. So Aspen just charges over, big overhand, drops there. Which I just think is... that That's perfect coaching, that. You know what, I don't... Oh. I don't know what to make of Aspen, like, you know. Because I think in a division as Fred Bear as women's bantamweight, and that is a oh, tell you what, Faber got. It's a way better fight than I remember. I am surprised, and again, the golfing quality between Cruz and Faber is much higher than I thought. Remember it being. 
You're right, Donald. Zhang was teasing Superfights a week after she won the belt. Valentina was like, settle down. I totally agree. I think you've got a split decision against Ioana, which, no shame in that, because Ioana was a fantastic fighter, and it's probably the best fight of the year. In fact, it's a given to be the best fight of the year, considering um, mm-hmm. there are no fights happening. Um, but no, I agree. I, I want to see Rose. I want to see Tatiana Suarez. Honestly, the way she's going, like you could you could see someone like Amanda Hibas or Marina Rodriguez or someone of that sort of ilk also making the top five in the next couple of months. So Amanda Hibas, so that's a that's a good uh, prospect yeah, right there. Tell you what, the way I I mean I took notes when she beat Whitmire. Whitmire was a debut. Then she beat Dern, mm. and I think Dern is quite limited at times, but now, she was undefeated, though, when she fought Dern. Yeah, undefeated. That was Dern's first loss. And um, and then taking out a veteran like Marcos. Mm-hmm. I'd possibly like to see her versus Jan Shaunan. Okay. I, I do agree. And that's why I was so wary of people getting on the Aspen train. Because I think when you're struggling in a striking match against Sajari Eubanks, yeah. um, you, she needs to work on her striking. At the moment, she can get away with it because I think there's a lot of girls that don't have the technique and don't have the power around that sort of top six, top seven range. Um, I think she's been dealt quite a lucky hand against Pena because that fight was supposed to happen. Um, and I could see Aspen winning that fight. Mm-hmm. And then if that, I could if that, that happens, you're pretty much left with no choice but to put her in the title fight. And I agree with you. I think that's going to end in the same way. I've said for a long time, though, somewhat, the person who's going to give Nunes the most problems at bantamweight is Irene Aldana. Because Aldana is mm-hmm. so long for that division. But I honestly personally think the Felicia Spencer fight could be more competitive if Felicia's durability is as good as what people think it is. Yeah, it's definitely a better fight than Anderson versus yes. Nunes. Like, yes. I can see that being a squash. Oh, yeah. It'll be takedown, ground and pound first round. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. With Felicia Spencer, if you look at the people who've beaten Nunes in the year in the past, durable grapplers who survive round one, get the fight to the ground, and take advantage when the cardio runs out. And that's Felicia Spencer to a T. It's just whether or not she has the durability to survive round one. Do you have any fighters whom you know you don't like? How hard is it to remain impartial when making videos? For example, did you remain impartial when making the One Hit Wonders video? I wasn't as impartial as I wanted maybe it could have been. I, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I got called out for. So I think since then, I've, since then I've sort of tried to show less of my opinion. I think when I do, it's sort of more on the preview shows and stuff like this where I can maybe be a bit more loose but again you can't just be a blind hater and just say oh god I can't stand all that person because that's not professional I've got fighters who I do dislike Um, I think it's quite evident if you watch some of the videos who those could be and if I do have some sort of criticisms it's I try and make them quite constructive or I play them for laughs so when I did the Chris Cyborg video and I mentioned the fight with Holly Holm, I made a joke about Holly receiving her 10,000th title shot, which was <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. I, and again, I, I don't personally have an issue with Holly from a personal level. 
It's just the amount of chances she gets, I think, is a bit too much for a fighter who I don't personally find all that entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only fight I don't like is pretty much uh, Michael Chiesa. It's hard to like that guy. Yeah. I think from a personal level, it's quite hard to like Chiesa. Yeah. I do think the move to 170 has been very beneficial for him. Yeah, I don't hate the guy. I just personally don't, like, I'm not in love with the guy. <laughs> um, I agree with H12. Aldana is some of the most sharp striking in the division and can be a huge Mexican star. Last knockout was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think as well it would be a good thing for women's bantamweight as well because that division is, one of the big things that's been hurting that division is a lack of sort of engaging new prospects coming through. So I think when you have Arini Aldana with a big highlight reel knockout, it made people sit up. And also as well, Mexican market. So you've got that to exploit. Mm-hmm. She's an attractive girl as well. Because I, I think marketability is much more important for the female divisions than it is for the male divisions. It's a sad fact, but those are the facts. I think if Amanda Nunes looked like a supermodel, Blonde-haired, blue-eyed American. I think people would treat her a lot mm-hmm. more respectfully. And instead, she's the worst drawing champion of what the modern era. We're at uh, 235 right now. 235, Cruz has got back. I remember the first round being competitive, but I also remember it... I remember Cruz being comfortable, but I don't remember it being this one-sided. At least our average watch time's up to about 51 seconds, which is a bit better. <laughs> well, next time it will be better. It will do. Opinion. As I said before, this is the first time we did this. Everything has TV troubles. Have you ever watched one of your early videos? Like, gone back and watched one? Oh, yeah. I can't. I cannot watch my um, early videos because I know how bad they are. One fifty on the clock right now. Dominic Cruz... Barely breathing. I don't remember Faber being this stocky. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot of muscle. That's a lot of muscle for a 31-year-old. 37-year-old, I should say. Good takedown defense. Yeah, I didn't realize he was that old when this fight took place. He's so fresh-faced. I think it's because he looks... He dresses like a 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And another takedown for Cruz. Side control. I dislike Connor strongly. I saw MMA on point made a video on fighters who were self-destructive and didn't include Connor. Also leading up to 229, they made videos analyzing Connor's trash talk. I think the sad thing is when it comes to Connor McGregor is Connor McGregor is clickbait. You include Connor McGregor mm-hmm. on a video, it's gonna get many more views than what Others normally would. I mean, I even saw that when I did the preview show for um, 2.46. Like, normally the preview shows get about, what? I think at most they get about 1,000 views. That video got about 7,000 views before it got taken down. Oh, okay. Um, And I think think our preview of that fight was quite spot on. I think we were... I wish that was more competitive than what it was. I feared that's what would happen. What do you mean it was spot on, man? I, I said Cerrone would win by decision. <laughs> and I, 
probably the worst pick I've ever made. And I said the combination <laughs> of a fast starter against a slow starter was it was going to be a nightmare. Um, I didn't yeah. expect it to finish that quickly, but I did expect Cowboy to get overwhelmed. I was surprised Cowboy immediately shot for a takedown. Is that what you think he was doing? Well, it looked like he was... It's definitely some type of clinch work there. But I don't agree with Stephen A. Smith. I think that when they do disengage, you can see how hurt Cowboy is. Mm-hmm. So I don't agree with Smith that he quit. <sighs> but I think, again, that's Stephen A. Smith. He, he does what he does. He, he likes to make these outlandish com- comments to try and to try and provoke opinion and unfortunately Joe Rogan bought into it if I made a video on self-destructive fighters I put Connor at the top below Jones I feel like when fighting sports it's more emotionally driven opinions when compared to other sports I do totally agree I think it's with individual sports as well Um, any sort of individual sport the person does come into focus more but you don't see people like rooting against like Novak Djokovic because of how much of a dick he is or stuff like that. It just doesn't happen as much in normal sports. We're just getting the decision now. Herb Dean looking very dapper there. Claire, what have you been smoking when you made that preview video? I feel that take may have been a bit emotionally driven on your part. <laughs> I wasn't smoking enough, man. <laughs> I mean I've made some bad predictions before I hold my hands up I thought that Ben Askren was going to be Masvidal uh, yeah it's strange I said Cerrone by decision because on Verdict MMA that uh, that picking app I picked Connor first round I got it right on the dime so I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking when I made that <laughs> and of any other sort of bad predictions that you regret making uh, I picked Ronda to beat Nunes. <laughs> Thought she'd come back with way more, uh, just way more confidence and just better striking. And oh, I could see, I could see a, well. I could see Ronda with a. I mean, at the time, obviously, because Nunes was to a lot of people this sort of unknown quantity. I think if you were one mm-hmm. of the hard hardcore fans, it would have been a bit closer. But I, I did favor Nunes. Because I thought, you've got a shot-shy fighter who's not going to be able to handle that power. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I have never rewatched that fight. I've rewatched it a couple times. You masochist. <laughs> I rewatched it right after I saw it the first time. <laughs> that's how quick it was. I was watching it with my brother and he's like, we got to see that again, dude. <laughs> No, I just think when there's when you're talking about the notable fighters of the sport, like the the legends, the the influential fighters, I don't like watching videos where they're on the receiving end of it because I just think that's sort of it's sort of bad to the legacy as it were. I mean, I I hate watching Chuck lose. Yeah, that's why when I made that Glass Johnson MMA video, I I was gonna make a Chuck like segment, but. I just didn't do it. It felt do. so disrespectful. It's so hard to do. Yeah, it felt so disrespectful. I felt way better doing it with Brendan Schaub, though. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't like Schaub, but I don't, I don't hate him the way that other people do. I think his work ethic's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's the best thing about him: his work ethic. 
Connor's very self-destructive, but he's more easily forgiven than someone like Jones because of his charisma and exciting style. Totally agree. But I think as well, Connor's charming with it. I think that one of the things that Connor, and again, maybe it's because he's Irish or maybe because he knows how to work the media better, but people just see that sort of big smile, Irish wink, all that sort of thing. People are more forgiving with Connor, and also he's very funny. John Jones, he says the right things, but none of it feels genuine. Yeah, Sebastian, unfortunately, can't broadcast any of the footage. That's why uh telling you the timestamp yeah. so you can sync it up on Fight We Pass. would get taken off YouTube. We would get taken off. If I could figure out my filters with, like, live video, then maybe, yeah. but I don't think that would be possible. Um, H12 predicted that Connor would be Khabib. He bought into his trash talk and thought he got into Khabib's head. And I was a Khabib fan, but that was the power of the trash talk. I also predicted Connor to win because... I thought Connor's takedown defense was on point, and I thought that the the thing is though, Khabib has deceptively his his striking defense is a lot better than people think. It doesn't look very good. It's a bit haphazard. Mm -hmm. It's a bit wobbly, but it's effective. I struggle to think of any time that Khabib really got troubled. I mean, apart from the Michael Johnson fight, which Rogan goes about ad nauseum. I. What's up with Rogan's hand there? You see that? Oh. The hell is that? <laughs> ah, that's the same thing that um, Bada Harry has. Oh, okay. You know how Bada has that sort of like really that dark hairy patch on his back? Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, the same yeah. thing. I think you mentioned that on one of the podcasts. Oh, and Faber touched it. <laughs> I don't think it's contagious. No. There you go, Faber. You got coronavirus before anyone else. Touching I hate Shaw, but sometimes I find myself watching his food truck diaries. Yeah, sometimes I watch those. And now it's time for the main event. Although they've chosen an old photo of Michael Bisping because he's wearing the uh, black shorts, if you notice. Mm hmm. Ah, I love these rankings. Vitor. Are we going to see that, uh, that preview? Or... Weidman in the Weidman number one. Vitor Belfort, number three. Holy shit. <laughs> Nobody in that top six there is in the top six now. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. Because I think Romero was suspended because he got popped by USADA and then he got brought back, moved to number four before the Wyvern fight. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering, where's Romero? Didn't know he had a suspension. It was like, it was a... I think it was quite a short one. He got taken out and then they found that there wasn't anything wrong. I think it was after the Jacare fight he got popped. Jacare, he's coming back uh, to middle right, right? Uh, Yeah, he's fighting so. Uriah Hall. Oh, yeah. That would be an insane fight. Well, I hope so. Because, I mean, uh, Jacare on his day, I mean, a lot of people have tired him because of the um, fight with um, Blahovic. Mm -hmm. But in that fight against Weidman, uh, that was a fantastic fight. What did you think? These are old highlights. It's so weird. I mean, seeing how fresh-faced Michael Bisping was when he was pro proper skinhead Michael Bisping as well. Yeah. And now he's sort of like grizzled, like family man Bisping now. 
Oh yeah, I wanted to ask you since uh, Rosenstrike versus um, Overeem got stopped. Why do you think Silva versus Bisping didn't get stopped? Because that was pretty much the exact same scenario. I think Silva landed the flying knee just as the bell rang. So I think it was a little bit earlier for um, for Rosenstrike. I think it might have been stopped if Silva didn't celebrate. I could have seen that happening because I'm pretty sure Herb Dean picked up Bisping. Like, you're not allowed to do that. I think the bell had gone. I think it was okay to do that. But what I think would have been an issue is if they allowed Bisping more time to recover on the stool. But I think they just gave him the full minute and he came out. And credit where it's due, he did great in those final two rounds. Mm-hmm. Do you ever listen to... Um, good promo. Do you ever listen to Believe You May? Uh, I've seen some clips, but I've never watched, like, a whole episode. I watched, uh, have you seen that clip where Yoel Romero calls <laughs> in to Believe You Me? <laughs> Bispin's like, I'm looking at a picture right now of you shitting your pants. <laughs> this is where Blur would be playing right now. Alright, we're on the walkouts now, boys. Final fight. It's absolutely... F- yeah, it doesn't look like they showed the uh, 199 or no, 200 no. preview. Be- Must have edited that yeah, out. Yeah, because that was where they revealed that Brock was coming back. Yeah, this is much quicker pacing than I remember. Which is a good thing, because this is absolutely destroying mm-hmm. my data right now. <laughs> but no, I, I would deem this a success. Once we got over the TV troubles, um, it's got a lot better. Yeah. Hey, Carl, how has Bisping's star power in the UK throughout the years? Assuming you're a Brit. I am a Brit. It's a strange British, British accent from the northeast of England. Also, do you see fighters like Leon Edwards or Darren Till reaching household name status in the UK? Well, Bisping was never... MMA is a very niche sport in this country. Um, because, obviously, the UFC is on BT Sport, and BT Sport's a pay channel in this country, so you have to buy Sky... And then you have to buy the BT Sport package to actually get the live UFC events. So it's quite convoluted to get that. So in British MMA circles, Michael Bisping was the man. He was always seen as all like Britain's top star. And there was Dan Hardy as well, Brad Pickett, but nobody ever reached that sort of same level as Bisping. But he wasn't like on chat shows or anything like that. What was notable though was the BBC started to get a bit more invested in mixed martial arts when they saw the British interest. And when Bisping won the title in 2016, we have something called Sports Person of the Year in this country. And Michael okay. Bisping was like close to being nominated. There's like 10 nominees every year. Bisping was like number 11. Okay. Um, in terms of other British stars, Leon Edwards has never really been a big name. There was a lot of buzz around Darren Till. I have a lot of friends around Liverpool where, and they were seeing posters for like Woodley versus Till all over the place um, to be honest the biggest guy when it comes to British MMA in this country is MVP because mm-hmm. uh, Bellator is shown on channel 5 in this country which is a terrestrial channel so it's sort of like sort of like CBS or N- NBC in America you don't need to pay anything to watch it um, yeah it's like local cable yeah. you mean? so it's it's much easier to watch MVP's fights 
So I think there's a lot more casual people who know more about him. But when it comes to the hardcore fans, it's right now it's Till. Then I'll probably say MVP, Leon Edwards, uh, Jojo. And I'd probably say number five would probably be, dare I say, Molly McCann. Molly's very popular in this okay. country for a big reason. Also, God, any, any, everything card plays at like 6am, it's horrendous. I'm lucky, I actually taped the cards um, overnight, and then I watched them first thing in the morning. So it's not as bad. But that way you need to avoid all spoilers, and that can be quite hard. Obviously, your, your yeah. mobile phone's going all the time, you get all sort of buzzes on the tweets. Um, I've been quite lucky, I haven't missed any sort of major... Um, Spoilers. The only one that came close was UFC 235. I saw Ariel Helwani's tweet, and it said, am I the only one who thinks Smith should have taken the win? So I'm sat there thinking, <laughs> oh, it might have been a really close decision. Maybe Smith gave him a tough fight. And and I watched the fight, and I was thinking, what was Ariel going on about? And then I saw the illegal knee, and then I clicked on, and I thought, that's what he meant by take the win. Because he could have very easily won that fight. If he just Do you ever see an MMA an MMA fighter receiving an MBE OB? What is that? Uh, that's the member of the British uh, member of the British Empire uh, Order of the British Empire. Basically, we have a, a an honor system in this country where basically, depending on your okay. achievements, you can be at most you can be a knight a knight of the British Empire. So you can be referred to wow. as a sir. Sir Michael Bisping. Sir Michael Bisping. Um, could I see it happen? They would need to be a megastar. I mean, they would need to be like a Conor yeah. McGregor, uh, George St. Pierre sort of level of success, like a dominant, long-reigning champion. And I don't see any of those coming up. I think Darren Till's very good. I could see him possibly fighting for the middleweight title. Could I see him being champion and reigning for a long time? I don't think so. This is Rocco's first defense, first wasn't it? First defense, only defense. Wow. Do you think we can assume Luke Rockhold's done? Yeah, he's done. The last I saw, he was like posting like skateboarding pictures or something. <laughs> Doesn't need to come back, man. He's got nothing to prove. No. Because I think there was a realization in that. Blachowicz fight it was sort of I don't need to do this anymore mm -hmm. here's our tail of the tape 37 years old one eye and he's going to become middleweight champion tell you what you look at that look like the reach look at the height and you wonder how on earth Bisping fought at light heavyweight yeah this is the main event of the evening. Like you can even see in Luke's body language, he just, this isn't even a challenge to him. <laughs> Look at you, Carl, counting out Leon like everyone else. I wouldn't say I'm counting out Leon. Um, I think Leon is very underrated. He's probably the most underrated fighter in the UFC because here we've got a guy, he's won eight fights in a row, He's finally just broken into the top five. And again, I think it's one of those issues where because because of his charisma, 
because he hasn't got a flashy fighting style, people aren't taking him as seriously. I think the Tyron Woodley fight would have been a big challenge because of Tyron's power. But I think Leon's smart enough to recognise the the limitations in Tyron's game. I could see him trying to do a very Usman-esque performance. And I mean, if he was to beat mm-hmm. him, he would be getting that Usman rematch. But I think the way Usman's been fighting, I don't see him beating him. The guy who's going to beat Kamara Usman, in my opinion, is a... I think you're going to have to catch him early. Because you're not going to out-grapple him. Mm-hmm. You need that sort of one-shot power. I think Masvidal has great striking. But I think I don't think he has to take down defense. Yeah, I could see Usman definitely clinching with Masvidal a lot. Yeah. I think it's good. Using his wrestling against him. There would be a lot of casual fans, I think, going in... Because they know Masvidal. Masvidal's like the big flavor of the month at the moment. And they saw Usman's fight with Colby, and they'd be expecting a, a slobber knocker. But I think Usman's going to go very grappling heavy in that fight. 600. He was a minus 600 favorite for this fight. Holy shit. That's crazy. I tell you what, like, there could be a big argument, Lord. This is one of the biggest upsets in UFC title history. Because mm-hmm. I think with the others, you could say well, they've got this, they can exploit this weakness. There was nothing about Bisping that made you think he had an advantage over Rockhold in any area. Like, Rockhold's striking was seen as fairly level par. He was a far better grappler. He was a younger fighter. (laughs) Trash talking between the two. And here we go. Ready yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. You can hear him saying, no touch. I'll touch you in a minute, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I had a couple of my friends and family around for this. Obviously, British fighter fighting for the title. So I was trying to hype them up. I was a bit... Because this was only my third pay-per-view. Like, I watched 196. Because I bought into the Connor hype. I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Um... Just got a clock here, 456, 455, 454, and we're underway in the first round. Um, and then I watched 197. I missed 198. That completely passed me by. And then, of course, Britain's Michael Bisping fighting for a title. I tuned in for this one. And then we got what we did. Uh, Donald says, if Colby had won the last round against Usman, he would have taken the belt. That fight was close before the knockout. Very close. I personally had Usman three rounds to one up. But again, and I hold my hands up. I was one of those people who didn't think that the fight was going to be all that competitive. Well, not all that competitive. I didn't expect it to be a dramatic fight in the way that it was end-to-end. But credit where it's due, those guys put on a hell of a show. Mm-hmm. If you listen carefully, you can hear Joe Rogan in this fight saying Rockhold's got his yes. chin right up in the air. <laughs> and I also remember Mike Goldberg just before the knockout saying Rockhold has this air of invincibility about him. <laughs> yeah. Good high kick there from Rockhold. See, from what I remember in the fight, I can remember the first round being... I would say competitive. I think Rockhold had the better, had the striking advantage. He was the better of the two fighters. I don't know if Masvidal's star power carries into 2021. He milked his fame based on Connor's model, 
but he didn't do it as well. And also drink instead of creating his own, repeating his one line is too much too. I do agree. I think that... But I think Masvidal still has a lot of star power. But it may be... Good overhand. You could say that's what Michael was trying to do throughout the fight, catching with that left hand. Fans are quite bored of hearing the super necessities. I agree. I'm bored with him. I'm bored with Masvidal. See, Rockhold here is just... He's the bigger man. He's just beginning to overwhelm Michael a bit. Good kick to the body. Good, good kick to the body from there from Bisping. Yeah, Luke just seems so lax. Just look at the intent on Bisping compared to Rockhold. Rockhold just seems to just sort of ponder around a bit. He's not taking the fight seriously. No, I think Masvidal's stock is going to take a big hit. And I think it's going to come from... Um, I think a lot of people are going to jump off that hype train if he loses to Usman and he loses as competitively as I potentially think he could do. Yeah, right there, talking about his chin up in yeah. the air. Rockle's so big for middleweight. How he got down to 185, I don't know. Yeah, he keeps on going for that left head kick like he did in the first fight. He works the body well. Oh. Right? I forgot about how well Luke Rockhold works the body. Yeah, Rockhold isn't doing horrible no, here. No, it's just fairly even in the stand. I think he's winning the stand up, to be honest. I don't think he's winning this mm -hmm. fight right now. Oh, right there. there he almost there's landed the first the time. Here it is, here. So he just backs away. Duck. Bang. Oh. Bisping caught him with the left. And again, Michael Bisping. <laughs> we, Holy shit. we jumped off fuck you <laughs> um, we absolutely jumped off our seats when we saw that and like they sort of didn't really understand what the whole significance was and I was saying British UFC champion yeah it's another fight that I bring up where anything can happen in that's MMA what, that's why I watch that's what it said. Joe said the same thing. He said, Oz says, at any given moment, something can happen that makes you say, holy shit. <laughs> My favourite Rockhold moment is him trying to do gang signs next to Nate Diaz and looking like a goon. <laughs> My, fi My favourite Luke Rockhold memory is when he tried to slide into Valerie Lareda's DMs <laughs> and she like posted them on Twitter. <laughs> Didn't work out so well for him. I think my favourite crowd moment was um, they did like a hero all the fighters watching the show and Rose was in the crowd and she just has this sort of deadpan stare. <laughs> yeah, she's looking right <laughs> at the camera. And someone did a, a mock-up of that where it's um, where it's the sound of silence playing as it slowly zooms in on her. <laughs> here we go here. They're just showing a replay. Rock over the right. Bisping dogs. Boom. And he didn't see it coming whatsoever. I love Jason Perillo in the background as well. Because if you're watching, let's see if we just show this in this replay. He just, he raises his hands like immediately. He knows it's over. <laughs> I think he did the same thing with, um, I think it might have been, does he, uh, does he coach Nunes? Um, it's um, ATT. 
So I think he might be. Either a... Nunez or Cyborg. But he did that in another fight. I forget which one it was. See, Rockhold doesn't know where he wow. is whatsoever. Like, Big John has to say to him, you got knocked out. <laughs> Look at that. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I love how they included that. I'm going to head off, boys. Appreciate the engagement. You all did great. Looking forward to the next one. Hope I didn't get annoying. I really enjoyed the conversation, H12. Thank you very much. Mm. And I hope that you... Glad to see you here. Yes. Uh, we still got another bit of uh, Michael Bisping trash talking. Poor DC. That's something I didn't realise until later was DC was in the corner. He's devastated. Yeah, I remember when Rocco lost to Blasco. He uh, tweeted out, the sport isn't fair. <laughs> I love DC. You can see Dana White is absolutely ecstatic yes. when he's putting on that belt. <laughs> I think Dana's... I love Dana's enthusiasm for the sport, but I think he can sometimes play um, play favourites a bit too much. Yeah, the Woodley fights yes. are a good example of that. When he has to put a belt on Woodley, there's like a screenshot going around where you could see him just totally pissed off. <laughs> Wasn't it Anderson and Damian Meyer who, where he he actually gave the belt to somebody else and said that once he realised Anderson was clowning around and was going to the decision, he was just like, I don't want to put the belt on you. Yeah, I think he gave it to the coach and then he just left. I wonder what he's saying there. T-most wins in UFC history, George St-Pierre. That's the seed. <laughs> That's the seed right there. And I think Cowboy broke that record. Because Cowboy yeah. fights about like 20,000 times a year. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say Angela Hill's going to break that record. I love how game Angela Hill is, though. That indeed is... Mm -hmm. I think as well, being a company woman gives you more opportunities than, than maybe normally should. That is fantastic. And you can see these kids as well, just how happy they are. Yeah, that was a good main card. Better than I remember. Hell of a card. I, I especially forgot how good Holloway versus Lamas was. Because people mm -hmm. only talk about those first 10 seconds. As I said before, I put forward the... I love watching this knockout. <laughs> I put forward the ideas for the next video we'll be doing. I'll be uh, posting those more. But I think it's either going to be UFC 218. Because we've got an Nganu card. Um... Overing versus Voice and Strike, because we need a Jair card. UFC 96, because that's the last time we were in Columbus. And Matt Brown versus okay. Eric Silva. I don't think I've seen that. I've never seen the actual main card itself, but I have seen the main event. Main event is fantastic. Because Matt Brown's is so like Columbus's favourite son. That is fantastic. You... I never thought we would get a British UFC champion. And I certainly didn't think it was going to be a, an arguably past oh, his prime. Oh, they're interviewing Luke. I forgot they interviewed um, Luke afterwards. Have you got the audio on your end? What's he saying? Yeah. Because I remember after the Overeem fight, Overeem versus Stipe, 
Joe made the promise that he wouldn't interview knocked out fighters because that was, that was when Overeem fought that uh, Stipe tapped he said I gotta credit him I gotta give him respect I have to say I do love the contrast between the two because I'm actually going to include this when I finally get around to doing the good sportsmanship video um, but I included how Luke Rockhold was so sporting after he beat Bisping and instead, Bisping just being the Brit that he is was just like, fuck you. Man, that, this post-fight press conference, that's probably my favorite post-fight press conference They never ever. do it like that these days now, do they? No. I think Bellator does it like that still. There's a lot of stuff that Bellator do well, I have to be honest. That is fantastic. Yeah, I don't do know why they got rid of that full panel post-fight press. Probably because they wanted, like even questions for all the fighters like they didn't want fighters yeah. to feel left out but i, I liked it <laughs> bring it back i liked it as well do you think can you see any of the current breed of brits being a ufc champion pardon can you see the current breed of british fighters being a ufc champion hmm I don't know. Like you got good fighters like Nathaniel Wood in the mix there. You got Darren Till coming off that win with Gaslam. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. There you go. There's some of the crowd shots there. Was that Mario Lopez? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what a good car that was. Um, and I do want to say. Thank you very much for joining us for this. I, we did have a few TV problems, which I think scared away the majority of the viewers. But yeah. we did get that sorted, and we thoroughly enjoyed this card. UFC 199, greatest moment in British MMA history. Uh, we will be doing it again next week. Nate Diaz in the crowd there, and there was Cody Garbrandt, Max Holloway. Uh, we will be doing it next week. We're going to have a selection of all the fights that we will be considering. You choose your favourite, and then we'll get all the graphics sorted. Uh, so until then, thank you very much for joining us. Paige Van Sant and Tony Ferguson in the crowd there. Maybe it might be a Tony Ferguson card coming up later on in the future. Until then, mm. though, thank you very much for watching me. I've been Carl Bainbridge. That's been Clay Richardson. Yeah, it's glad to be here. Can't wait to be back next week. We'll be doing it next week. Hopefully I'll have a video out by next time we're here. That's my plan. And Friday, I plan on getting the video out. And please stay safe during these very difficult times. Mm -hmm. We'll be trying to do whatever we can to make this as great of an experience as possible. So until then, this has been the INC. Uh, support the channel on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash it's not cage fighting. Please also check out Clay's YouTube channel at Uncle Joey MMA. And we hope to see you then. Bye-bye for now.